Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby, uh, was it round seven of Altera uh, and round four, I think it is, of um, uh, of Super Rugby AU or, or, or Gold, as we like to say here um, on uh, New Zealand Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Paul, uh, and I'll be your host this evening as we review the games with, that we had at the weekend, the Waratahs versus the Rebels, the Crusaders versus the Hurricanes, the Force versus the Brumbies, and the Blues versus the Chiefs that finished just a, a couple of hours ago. Um, and uh, joining me to go through all of that, I've got Ashwin, who is... Uh, in the West End for that game a couple of hours ago, weren't you, sir? Yes, yes, I was. I was there until the last sort of um, until just until the yellow card. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> they have... <laughs> oh dear! And a man who doesn't leave early uh, is uh, a conflict. How are you doing, sir? No, I would have stayed until the bitter end, hoping that the Chiefs could have pulled out, you know, a famous victory. Uh, but more on that later. <laughs> oh, and um, coming in at the uh, the well, not really arriving at the at the last minute because the last minute's already been and gone. Um, but um, yes, uh, a man who's got some catching up to do. How you doing, John? Oh, he's gone. For, for those of you on the podcast, he's gone silent with the hand signals. So, uh, oh. so it's going to be great podcasting here. From the, <laughs> <laughs> the, ba- the band is is all back together, gentlemen. You know. Uh, Linked arm in arm like Thelma and Louise, plunging over the abyss of broadcasting uh, standards. And uh, yes, let's let's tally ho. Let's tally ho. As we can see out the window, there, it's dark, but John's got his sunglasses on. Shows you which era he's from. Um, back in the old eighties. Um, moving. <laughs> uh, my my future's so bright, gentlemen. Really <laughs> If you hear a funny noise in the background, I am making coffee because I know it's on stage. You're going to ask me to to discuss uh, Australian rugby, and uh, I'm going to need caffeine. Well, let's kick off with that then, John. So what did you think of Friday night, Waratahs versus Rebels? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, gosh. You know, what really does, does the most service is when they come on straight after the New Zealand rugby games, you know, and um, it's going to sound condescending to our Australian thing. But remember, my 
first love is the Springboks. So this is speaking purely from a rugby quality perspective. And, you know, watching that, um, what was it? Brumbies versus the Force. Just the difference when the ball went down the back line. You know, the, you know, the passes were behind the player and above the player, which, by the way, costs the Chiefs, by the way, costs the Chiefs the, the win this afternoon, is that that final pass was up here. Um, but anyway, it, down the back line, the back line players, you know, in the New Zealand games are running onto the ball. It's just a fluidity that just goes out the window whenever you watch Australian games. Well, thank you, um, everyone, for joining us, because John's just gone through straight to the end of the week. I mean, he didn't even touch on the game I asked him about. Mm. He's, he's, he's summed everything up. It's all done now. So uh, join us next week. I, mean, I need to go to sleep Saturday. early. That's why, <laughs> that's why you get me in, gentlemen. We've gone over the cliff. We've taken our red, you know, convertible over the cliff. Uh, and, um, yeah, why waste time? Why waste time, exactly. Um, so, Steve, uh, the in that first game, the, the, apparently the Waratahs were favourites going to that game with the, with the bookies. Um, but uh, I, I didn't see it that way. Pretty much everyone, all, all the prediction shows that we were on, everyone was going for the Rebels. So, um, why, what's, um, what, why do you think everyone was so so behind the Waratahs coming into this game? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. And I can consider <laughs> myself on that as well. I... I... The Waratahs, I mean, I think what a, a case of what it was is last weekend. Uh, the Waratahs actually played fairly well against the Brumbies um, as far as Australian standards could go. That was a pretty decent game. I mean, Australia played pretty decent two games last weekend. And I think looking onto that, um, I can understand why they would be favourites because I kind of agreed with that going into that matchup. I thought if the, if the Waratahs did play like that again, they could potentially beat the, the Rebels because both these two sides are so inconsistent. As we've seen, I mean, look at last week compared to this week. The, the, the problem with the Waratahs is they just didn't learn. They just the same things over and over. Oh, how many times did they get pinged for offside throughout that whole game? It was consistently the same penalties every single five minutes or even less, and they just didn't have the ability to, you know, to, to redirect themselves and sort it out. And the same players, Hooper was getting frustrated, and he, he was just getting stupid things hit against him, and they just couldn't deal with it. Uh, and they, they, that was the worst game. The, the Waratahs, you know, I've talked a lot about in the last few weeks about how teams, you know, like we talk about the Brumbies, you know, they're, they're good, it's good, and they're bad, it's still not so bad. The, the Crusaders are the same sort of thing. But the Waratahs, when they're good, they can be okay. When they're terrible, they, they're, they're below the floor. They're just gone completely off the radar. They, they can be that bad. And for international quality players to not have that ability to – adapt on their feet and, and to change up and, and really get, you know, change the game plan for their team and to lead their team around the park is a problem for Australian rugby and it's a massive problem for the Waratahs. They were just not even at the races. I mean, rugby, Super Rugby AU for me is not who plays better. It's um the team that doesn't play as bad as the other because this weekend they were both terrible. All four were terrible. Um, and yet the Brumbies were okay and the Rebels, well, they just didn't get offside as much. That's yeah, a good summary. Good looking, Steve. The, um, and uh, this is why Steve still stays and lives in the South Island, um, away from John in the North Island. Um, is <laughs> um, on the, the old penalty count, though. You're right. You were at seventeen penalties in that game, uh, and it's been a theme throughout the Super Rugby AU since it's come back. The Waratahs just have been giving up penalties over and over again. They've just not learnt um, from game to game or within a game either. The Rebels, um, nine penalties, 
which is kind of average. Uh, it's not um, that's not a low score, but it's yeah, that's it's, it's a decent one. Um, for me, I, somehow the, the Waratahs stayed in this for the first twenty minutes, despite having no um, uh, kind of territory or possession. Uh, the Rebels, I mean, they dominated this game. Um, they spent seventy-five percent of the game in the Waratahs' half, um, but it still took a yellow card to Hooper for them to pull away uh, in that uh, sort of the ten minutes before half time, where it went from um, ten nine out to ten nineteen. Um, and uh, that, that and Arsene, you were saying that you actually uh, you, you've, you've crossed your arms, which means which, which you're really not not not. You've gone. Paul, don't talk to me about Australian rugby. Yeah. I'm all closed fun. off. You know, body language signals and everything. It's just like yeah. You know, as as really, we talked about prior to the show, it's just like watch. Well, actually, actually watch some um, r- rugby gold this uh, weekend, and um, nearly 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 160 minutes, about 150 minutes of it, and. Um, I, as I said to the guys before the show, I struggle to remember what the hell happened in the game. It's just like, you know, it's, it's just such a, to me, I think that um, they made a mistake in going to those alternate laws as well. What's actually worked, I mean, like jumping ahead, doing a, a John O'Connor, is the fact that the rules in New Zealand Super Rugby competition are actually working. And all that is, is actually playing the rule book, right? So that's all that had to happen in Australian rugby. And you'd probably have a better fought game you know, I know people are having, getting orgasmic about the 50-22 and the 22-50 and all that sort of stuff. But to, to tell you the truth, the games as a spectacle isn't great. And, and you're struggling to stay awake for us at that time of the evening. What they need to do is basically go with the rule book that, uh, or the laws and play the laws of the game. And um, have those players rolling out of the rucks so that you're getting fast ball. And now all of a sudden the intensity of the game's gone up. The intensity is seriously lacking from the Australian rugby games. Yeah, and the I mean, a couple of players are sort of pull out of this one. I mean, you did um, the conflict. You, you, you talked about Hooper there. Yeah, he gave up five penalties in that game. Um, you kind of complain and say, "Oh, well, players had a bad game when they give up three penalties. Five is a massive number. I've never seen anyone have that many in a game before." Uh, um, some occasionally, very occasionally, a, pop, a prop who is getting absolutely dominated might might give in out a scrum situation, um, which isn't really entirely their fault. I mean, that's the whole scrum's fault, really. There at that point, but but for one player who's a who's a flanker to give away five penalties is, is just a joke. But it's just killing the game, isn't it? That's all it's doing. It's killing the game as an, as a spectacle. It's like what are you watching? You're not. You're, you're not watching. You know, you're falling asleep on the couch, thinking I should be in bed, pulling the cover duvet over me. <laughs> but I mean, people have been complaining about Angus Gardner's refereeing and the fact that he has been he has been whistled or Gardner as as as, as has, um, has has nicknamed him. But he's the guy that when there was the that that poll of New Zealand Super Rugby players and they were told to vote who is the best Super Rugby referee, Angus Gardner came out as being the got got the most votes. So I, I don't think it's really the the. Um, I don't think it's really Angus Gardner's fault. It's the players' fault for not for not adapting to it, really. Um, I'm just thankful he's in Australia. He can stay there and and, and referee their competitions instead. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was those yellow cards in it. That's that was his input. He he does he does whistle a lot. I mean, he can interrupt the flow of games if he you know if he gets his, his little backup on his whistles. But I mean, 
yeah, they, they were they were breaking the law so many times. Like talk about the penalty count was just horrendous, and they missed thirty tackles as well. If um the stats that I got from the end of that game were correct as well, so yeah, it's defensively they're poor. The Waratahs are frustrated. They're only in that game because they got the intercept try to Alex Newsom. He he kept them in it. Apart from that, you know, they would have never even been close uh, against run of play. They didn't construct themselves to try or anything like that. So, no, yeah, it was just hey, frustration. Seriously, when, when Steve just mentioned the uh, intercept try, it's like, oh, wow, I remember the game now. <laughs> That's right. They only scored one try, and they never looked like scoring one. And it was an intercept. Other than that, they never actually looked like scoring a try. I went to work. I made coffee. I got some biscuits. I came back and sat down. And more happened than in that game. Uh, when I came back, you were like in the same place. I think I think Steve makes a good point. We should move on. <laughs> no, there's one. There's one player I want to pull out. I, 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 I do want to highlight. Um, I like one player. Hardwick, Hardwick for, for 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 the Rebels. He made eleven tackles, only missed one. Now he's made eleven tackles in a side that only had to make fifty nine tackles. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> that is an impressive feat there to actually to, to, to actually make that many tackles. The Waratahs made 176 tackles. Um and as um as 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 uh, good looking Steve says, they missed 36 on top mm-hmm. of that. So um yeah, the, the, the fact that the, the, the rebels the fact that the, the, the Tars were within 19 points of the rebels, uh yeah, it just shows you that um the rebels weren't. And yeah, as you say, let's move on to a real game. I just wanted to say that 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 works up to eleven fifty nines of the taxes. Um, is clearly um, John's strong suit. He's not uh, even uh, Asian. The whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dearing me. So the second game of the game, me. Game of the weekend, um, on uh, sun, uh, Saturday evening, um, the Crusaders versus the Hurricanes. A um, couple of stats here for you folks. Crusaders uh, ran the ball for 592 metres to only 292 by the Hurricanes. Had uh, 56 and 55% of the possession in the territory. Um, with those kind of stats, you'd normally uh, – they, they, sorry, they made uh, 16 clean breaks to only nine um, by the Hurricanes. Beat 41 defenders, or, or, or well, or the Hurricanes missed 41 tackles. The Crusaders only missed 19. The Crusaders offloaded 16 times to only one by the Hurricanes. I mean, this clearly, with those stats, had to be a uh, a, 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 a convincing Crusaders win. <laughs> oh, really? I'm not sure what happened. So, so, clearly, um, I think. But the thing is that um, the that entire time, or not entire time, actually, it's probably that time after halftime excluded. The Canes had the Crusaders um, under pressure all the time, even though they're maintaining the ball. They've got their ball. They they keep the the Crusaders under pressure. And, and when you look at the um, teams that have been to um, uh, to, to Christchurch, the, the Highlanders and the Blues, they actually pressured them for 60 minutes of the game and then lost it in the last 20. And all it shows is that you can beat the Crusaders down there, but it's got to be an 80-minute effort, not a 60-minute effort. Because the fact is that they will pr- hold the ball. They will be constructive. But if you can be in their grill... For 80 minutes of the game, you have a chance to win that game. But if you only do it for 60, then you won't. And I think it also helps that they, they were in the lead from 34 minutes, right? Um, they yep. never they, they never felt behind, so they kept their neck in front. 
um, which I think is also a big one when, when you're playing the Crusaders down in Christchurch. If you if you fall behind, you suddenly fall behind by um, two mm. scores very quickly, don't you? Uh, but they but they they just they, they they kept responding whenever the Crusaders did, and they kept chip, chipping away. Um, and that that grill thing, um, Steve. I mean that the, the and, or, or John whoever sets one up, kick, um, the Crusaders actually kicking sticks, not going for the corner. Respect, eh? Well, I think this is where you guys talk. (laughs) (laughs) Cornflake. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you're you're winding up to something quite impressive there. I thought you got to go saying good. Um, Yeah, well, cornflake. Well, okay, that's saying something. Yes. It is, but I mean, the biggest thing I found about this game was the fact, oh, I've even gone all special and big, haven't I? Um, the fact <laughs> is that the Hurricanes could, uh, they defended well. <laughs> <laughs> no one else needs to be on the show. Thank you quote of the year. Steve said, I've gone all special and big. Yeah, that, that's what they all say. That's what they, that, That's the quote of the year. Watch out on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) So happens when you focus things. What I was trying to say there before we we have a laughing fit here. They defended well. When the Crusaders stepped up near the end there and they actually increased the speed of the game, the pace of the game, and they uh, went up that next sort of gear, they defended, they held them out. So they didn't get that um, that big uh, confidence boost. They didn't get that big... um, you know, crowd boosts and all that sort of stuff they normally do get when they kind of lift up that gear. They they went there to that place. They they went to that those ideas. They went to those tactics, but it just didn't come off like it normally did in previous weeks. I think that was a big telling place uh, of this whole match because the game was going like a normal Crusaders game. They were there thereabouts. They were within a few points. They were within a score. They were ready to attack. They got to that area of the game that they wanted to lift the lift the game, lift the tempo, uh, lift their um, you know consecutive plays and, and phase play and, and keep things at a high pace and disjoint the Hurricanes' defence, but they held it out and they kept themselves in their lead effectively uh, right through to the very end. Just about, I mean, we, we just about would have had that golden point, which would have been really exciting. Um, but, yeah, they did just enough, didn't they, to hold them out right to the very, very end, um, which, I mean, that, I think, is a turning point. Because they're happy to play 60 minutes within a try of their opposition. If they're trailing by less than 10, they're fine with that because they know that they've got that next gear in that last 15 minutes or so that they can go to. This week, that next gear didn't come to enough for them and, and that was the big turning point of this match. That two points that uh, Moanga missed was actually actually the, um, I, I think, quite a crucial miss in the sense that, not the fact that it would drawn the game up, but you could imagine it would be a classic Crusaders finish to that game. He gets the two points, it's drawn up, and with basically less than a minute left on the clock, they'll run the length of the field and score a try because that's what the Crusaders do. But I, I felt that by missing that um, um, kick, that the Hurricane, the Canes were able to keep their heads up because I felt that the heads would have dropped if the if had been drawn up with no time, basically bugger all time left on the clock. And um, they would have come back and, and scored a try in the corner to win the game. That's what happens. It's happened so many times down there. And so was, that's why it was a crucial miss in terms of Moanga from the sideline. And they pretty much did too, go length of the field, even though he yeah. missed that. Will Jordan yeah. almost just carved them up right at the end and went in himself. So it's, yeah, it's, it's just Crusaders' lives. It's what they do. And they almost stopped it yeah. regardless. 
and the difference was is the fact that the Canes were basically their heads were still in the game. They hadn't dropped their heads um, because again. I think because that, hey, look, we're still in the lead, fellas. Oh, my God. <laughs> get, get, you got, we've got less than a minute to go. We can do this. We can do this. Whereas you get that conversion, it's tied up, and this is like the heads drop, don't they? And this is like that that effort probably would have been completed. You see that the players on the sideline too, Dupesi, Karifi, and um, oh, I forgot Umanga Jensen it was on the sideline, giving it large to the crowd, giving it large to the players as well on the sideline, uh, throwing yep. hands and fists all over the place. You're right, that would have been gone. If that was tied up, oh. they would have been sitting yep. on the bench. I mean, that's like old Quentin Strange throwing um, hands all over the place, wasn't it, with the last play of the, play of the game? <laughs> the um, – and uh, – I, I think that there was, there was definitely a change at half time, though. In the first half, both teams um, happy to kick and, and really wanted to play in each, each um, other's territory. Um, the whereas come out the second half, um, and um, the Crusaders suddenly started saying, "Right, we need to have possession. Right, we we, we we're going to play out. We're going to keep hold of the ball. We're actually going to play out of our own half, and we're going to try and starve the Hurricanes of possession. That's how we're going to we're going to grind them down." Um, and uh, they failed to do that. Um, Stephen Harris, good point that um, the uh, yeah, I mean some some players like uh, Amaya Jensen um, maturing into the role stepped up had had a big game um, and even that first half though, it was taking it took a miracle try um, for the Hurricanes for, sorry for the Crusaders to um, get over the line didn't it I mean that was a a, a fantastic one a little one two with um, uh, with, with Sever Reese to make the break he then flings a real wide pass. Um, that uh, that hits grass, but on the half on the half volley, um, a little a little hack forward by by Bridge, um, who then runs through uh, and, uh, and and puts it down. Um, not the cleanest of plays, but one. But uh, oh, for me, uh, try of the year. Oh, oh, oh my God! Are you a Sky Sport commentator, Paul? <laughs> 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 oh, seriously, man, it's a jammy try. It's a great, great jammy try, right? It's not the, oh, it's not the, oh, run. and this is like, the way the commentators were going on about it. It's just like he got jammy, he, he hacked it ahead, and it got a nice little sort of in swing coming in towards leg stump. And it sort of like went away from Geordie who was coming across. Yeah. It's sort of funny because yeah. like the initial camera angle, it looks like Geordie Barrett being really lazy and not not turning and quickly pouncing on the ball. But from the end on, you can see it's actually quite a distance away from him. You know, he had it coming for all money and it basically took a giant leg break to the yeah. left. So he's covering it here in front of him. The next Off break. Yeah, uh, No, leg break because he's running this Leg break goes the other way. It's a leg spinner. And on Thursday evening, uh, we'll have an in-depth analysis of the difference between a leg break uh, and an off-break um, on, uh, on the hip hop cricket show. The point being that rugby, uh, what really deserves great credit is that he, 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 he was skill in getting that kick in, keeping it in, but then he chased his kick. And the kick, it's an old attitude. Kick is only as good as its chest. Oh, kick chaser, and that's how he got the try. He got a lucky bounce, but he bounced away from Cody That's that's what makes that's. I think that's what makes George Bridge the front runner for an All Blacks jersey for that wing, is the fact that it's his work rate. You know, it's it's like go hard. You don't you don't 
oh, I've hacked it ahead and I'll just sort of chase it and keep a line on that. No, no, you're doing everything at a 110%. I've done air quotes for people listening on the air, air pod, air cast thingy, you know, podcast thingy. I've done air quotes. Um, yeah, so it's like, you know, everything's done at 110%. It's not, none of it, nothing's just done in half measures. Old, old people who don't know technology I've got to deal with. Jeez, it's, it's, it's hard work, folks. It really is hard work. Um, you know, I'm going to say something that's very controversial here. I don't think that Crusaders have the most talented rugby players in this tournament. I think no. they, they are the, the most extraordinary organization. And as much as it burns me to say it, they possibly are the greatest rugby organization on the planet because what they do is they maximize talent. I think that some of the players were found out from the Crusaders when they came up against England, athletically, because Civil Reese, for instance, was found out. But, but he, I mean, he's very much a sort of throwback wing in his size and his ability. Um, but when they play for the Crusaders, everything is maximized. And I think there are other more talented wings who, if you put them in that Crusaders team, would be even better. I think some of the more talented players are in um, other teams in New Zealand. Yep. Um, John, uh, you're, you're a little bit faint, so uh, in future, can you try um, speaking up a little bit? Um, so. Um, the, um... Yeah, no, look, I mean, the reality is, is that that's what we've been saying for a long time. It's, it's the way that their uh, management coaching group can extract the talent that they have from the players that they have. But, I mean, you know, you, you go back, you go back um, over the time and, you know, you look at the players that the Crusaders have got into the All Blacks, your Reuben Thorns, your Blackheaders. I mean, oh. <laughs> they're, they're by no means anything great, but basically their work rate is definitely high. Um, and they, they basically, as I say, you know, the old cliche of 110%. It's just like the game's not lost and they give all their heart. But in terms of skills, geez, no. I mean, I Caleb to... Ralph, I'm a god. Oh, you stole it. I was about to say, do I need to start with the Caleb Ralph and Kevin Senior train again? Oh, the worst All Blacks ever made, based on the fact that they're on the, the end of a Crusaders backline and the start of one. Terrible, absolutely terrible. I, I couldn't agree with that anymore. So many terrible All Blacks have been framed because of a, a great club. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, big ups to them, too, because you can't, you can't. They're not a club. They're a franchise. Don't yeah, we franchise. not want the Twitter Twitterati exploding over this now that we've used the word club <laughs> for, for for one of these for a Super Rugby franchise? Um, yep. Can we, can we maybe throw the money? Some of the, some of the All Blacks that are starting to rise to the especially the new ones, um, because I know you're desperate to talk about Australian rugby ball, and I admire your uh, ability to soldier on like Sisyphus, you know, pushing. Uh, Pushing that that ball up the hill, only to have it roll down every time. But maybe we can talk about some uh, some of these new All Blacks, or potentially new All Blacks, like Duplessis Kareti, who I think is just got All Black written all over him. I think I think he's actually playing a lot better um, in the Aotearoa um, part of the season rather than the beginning of the season. The beginning of the season, uh, he was. Yeah, a, a, lot, a lot of work at the breakdown, um, right on the edge. Uh, but I think his carrying has come has come on a lot in the last couple of games, I and mean, he's got much more involved on the attack, not well, just in the baby. breakdown. As well. He's a baby. I mean, he's learning that that yep. craft and that level, and there's just so much ability there. 
only problem is, is that he is the current incumbent coach's uh, captain. He's up against him for the starting position, but there is so much ability in that youngster. The, I mean, the Hurricanes did uh, another another guy who is um, uh, Chul Lomax, another guy who's uh, I think will be in the All Blacks. Um, I think the Hurricanes really missed having him early on um, in this one. Um, and yeah, that the disruption they had to their side through um, through late injuries. Uh, Liam Mitchell had to come in on the bench. I think Walker Lurie uh, and uh, Fafita both missed out, um, but was, were initially named. So um, yeah, the Hurricanes did this off the back of losing three players. Um, in the run-up to the game as well, so um, they did um, they did play um, very well um, down there. But they did. Jordan is right. They, I mean, they they played extremely well. There's another there's another old black man that should be put in the in, in, in the bag, and that is on a coaching level. Who? Um, oh, how can I forget his name? The former old black right wing. 2011 World Cup winner, he is the defense coach for the Hurricanes. Um, Corey Jane. Corey Jane, thank you. Corey Jane, who is running the defense for the Hurricanes, he has done a tremendous job in turning the defense around. And uh, yeah, I think there's signs of great ability there as a coach. And you would have thought he was uh, such a comedy act, but he looks at that really great job. There. And I mean, um, Ben Lamb, a winger, made 14 tackles in this game. I mean, that's nuts for a winger. Um, compare that to Severus Reese, only had to make three tackles. Uh, so the, um, and he made them all, by the way, Severus Reese didn't miss any. Um, but um, yeah, the, the Ben Lamb with 14 tackles, Wes Houston with 10 on the other wing. Both those guys put in a shift of work that they wouldn't normally be expected to do. Um, and to keep it going um, was impressive. And that's, that's what you have to do, right? I mean, that, that's, that, that comes back to what we talked about is the fact is that they're just getting up in their grill and knocking them over and, and not letting them get any momentum. I mean, hands up. I'm sure you know, there's four people who put hands up. Is it when Lani Mamapi went off the field? Yep, put your hands up, people. Before It's just like, you know, it's like, yep, oh, 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 here we go. And it was about with 20 minutes still left in the game, I believe, um, that you sort of think, oh, okay, the Wellington, the Hurricanes, Whoops, Wellington. <laughs> the Canes midfield is going to become a bit porous. But no, nah, Aso comes on. And then I think um, Umanga Jensen goes off as well. So they had a totally rejigged midfield there from the start as well. But no, they, they still kept kept it um, defensively rock tight. I think if we're going to you know, pick on Lamape last week and say that someone needs to make fun of him every week so he plays like he did uh, last weekend, I think someone uh, needs to make sure that Ben Lamb signs a, a week-to-week contract would also be a good idea. So <laughs> good idea. every week is his last last game um, for the Hurricanes so that he could actually yeah, – he, he played out of his skin. I think that was the best game I've seen from Ben Lamb because he actually – well, he, he went looking to try and make something special happen. And normally he's the wing sitter. Uh, he very rarely comes out and he just sits out there and and, and is a big wing bully uh, and tries to run over people yeah. and make those busts on the sideline. But he, he was in there and he was out there doing it. Um, and you, you can't go through this game without crediting Wes Houston, a guy that's been in and out, really hasn't been that great. Uh, his show of speed and, and ability, acceleration to, to shoot through a gap was number one world class in that game. Uh, he outpaced guys, you know, all black wings, bridge, 
Um, just showed them the, the corner, showed them the shoulder, beat them for the acceleration. He was a massive difference maker, and he's had a really average season for a guy that, that that's his skill. You know, you, you talk about Milner Scudders, you know, imagine Milner Scudder without a sidestep. Um, Wes Houston's a guy that without the acceleration, he's nothing, and he's really been nothing this season. But we finally seen that good ability that he does have and that he can show and, and give to the team. And that was you know, a, a big, big point that he had. Guys on his outside, he can burn through a gap and um, lead the way to the try line. So that was great for Wes Houston. I think he needed a big performance like that and they've really and lifted. To... Yeah, yeah. I put, oh, and big ups for the pronunciation and acceleration as well. Awesome. Um, and he used all that acceleration on that um, the try that he scored as well. I was just like, you know, because it's like there was uh, cover defence there. But he basically put the foot down and, and burned him through the gap. And uh, I, I honestly thought, what are you doing past to the outside? The open man's on the outside. And it's like he made that try easy, look easy, something that wasn't. Because there was three Crusaders defenders around him. Now, Alex has got Kane's good depth in midfield and back three. They do midfield. In back three, it's suddenly going to be stretched because Ben Lamb is off to Bordeaux um, and uh, is on a plane now. Um, Corbett Van Wick is also on a plane to I've got oh, to yeah to Les Tigers, so those two have gone now and are not available for the rest of the season, uh, which means that Wes Houston is going to get game time. Let's be blunt. Um, and the only not other Chagasso on the wing, the only other record full time winger they've got is um, Salisi Raisi, who we've not seen anything of at all. Um, but yeah, you've got Vince Arso, uh, you've got uh, Chase Tia Tia, um, who can also uh, help out in, and. and uh, Actually, Jordan Lowe is apparently is, is also there. I'm not sure what his uh, injury well, um, gentlemen, situation gentlemen, is. Gentlemen, just two things I to that when Ben Lamb is Major Dam is one of the great So we can hear and, you. Yes, uh, Ben Lamb Major Dam is one of the great unrealized talents of the last 20 years in New Zealand rugby. Uh, I really do believe that he had one of playing at the Crusaders, he probably be a 30 test plus program. Uh, just had everything that is needed physically to be a world class winger. So that's a real sadness that we never got that track we just never kicked on. And uh, then the other thing is, I think it's very easy to overlook just how good Nani Yamati was in this game. Because you didn't see him burn somebody on the outside and run straight over people. But the thing was, and this is the difference that he's added in the last few years or so to his skill set, is that he was drawing double tackles and he was feeding beautifully. So he was making very good passes because he was drawing a double team because they were setting up to try and stop him. And as a result, he was creating space on both sides. And so yeah, I think I think Lamapi played a lot more central, a lot more in the traffic to, um, in this game. I think that's what the All Blacks coaches want him to do. Uh, yeah. That's how they tend to play their centres uh, or their second five eights. Uh, so yes, I think he, he was playing much more like that. Look, Ben Lam, I'm going to disagree with you. I, 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 he is somebody who, I mean, last season was leading try score going into the break and then just went missing um, as soon as the as soon as the Hurricanes weren't weren't, weren't firing. Uh, yeah, he's a player that can switch off. Um, and can be, yeah. Oh, that's, that's why I think that the Crusaders would have done that maximised talent thing, which they seem to do. They seem to do the very best. And in him, New Zealand had the, the thought I saw for a really, really special effect. Uh, 
Yeah. This, this is not the only one. It says it's in the color bright, it's in the gold level. It's about one crib who goes to at least had a few tests. Um, but also, I never realized this is the one of, one other player I do want to pick out, actually, from the Crusaders side is Richard Mwanga. Yes, we've already mentioned the fact that he missed that conversion. But um, I think he, he, again, tried to, like the other week, um, where he did that dribble, the dribble restart and um, grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck. He tried to grab this game by the scruff of the neck as well. He had the um, the kick, collect, chip, chase, force that five-meter scrum, um, which was um, uh, which led to a try. Um, he had the show and go. Um, which uh, put um, Reese into uh, for that final try as well. I, he did everything he could to drag this Crusaders side um, over the line and get the win, didn't he? You sort of feel that. I mean, I mean, you will only find this out once Brett Cameron comes on. But the reality is, is that I think that um, Crusaders side isn't going to do very well if Moang is there, not there. He makes a huge difference to that side. He gets them to go forward. Um, when we look at some, both the last two games that they've been down there, you know, the, the Blues one and then the Canes one this weekend, it's like, it's, it's Moanga that's dragging them back into the game. Uh, if he's not there, I have some serious questions about whether they um, wouldn't actually lose quite easily. Um, and, and you saw um, Brett Cameron, you know, it was much celebrated. Oh, he's finally back on the bench for the Crusaders. Never got on the field anyway, because you know, because they don't have confidence um, in the back up to Moanga, do they? No, no. Why would you? I mean, Moanga has that ability, doesn't he, to turn into that next next level? And you, you've seen it. You've seen it majorly when the Crusaders now start to be tested throughout the game, and when the team needs to step up, he's a guy that steps up first. Take he that leads, next level. He, he takes. He, he like I say he drags the team forward. He does something mm. special. He creates some. Um, the space moving forward. He takes it on himself. He, he beats defenders. I mean, if he played a full eighty minutes like that. Would be sitting here going on. And he's a player of the year in, in the in the globe. Um, if he could do that for the full full game, but yeah, he, he really has that ability to just take over and take control. I mean, come on, Paul. If you played that last fifteen minutes he played last week and this week, he would be phenomenal. The Crusaders were winning every game by sixty points. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's, but I don't think anyone has got the engine to play at that pace. Oh, exactly. But that's what I mean. He, 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 he paces himself so well to know when he has to do it. If he doesn't need to do it, he doesn't do it. But when it gets down to the crunch, he has he has that ability in the locker that he, that can step up to to you know world class levels, and that that's something he just can't he can't teach, he can't train. That's just natural ability. Okay, I disagree with you, Paul, on that one, and the fact that a, a back not having the gas in the tank to play like that for a full eighty, it's a back. He's not a forward. He's not throwing himself at every ruck. Aaron Smith does it pretty much um, constantly. Um, I, I never understand why the coaches pull him because things do change quite a bit when he leaves the field. And, I mean, he can do it, and he's probably in a more intensive position at halfback than Moanga would be at first five. It's quite easy just to shovel the ball on, isn't it? Give yourself five, ten minutes, or five minutes break. You know, just shovel it out to your inside centre. Uh, let those guys do some work uh, and, yep. you know, take a bit of a breather, yeah. Because even when he's on fire, like he is for that last 15, he's still not running the ball at the line every time he gets it in hand. He's still um, passing it out. He's picking his time when he runs the ball at the line, and he picks it well. That's the difference. Well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Um, no. Not much, John, no. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you go out and spend on tech. 
Just shout. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that's way better than there. Yeah, way better. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is that I've had some serious misgivings about Moranga before England knocked the Blacks out last year, and all the way through up until last weekend this week. There were two things that stood out for me. One was last week um, where he, as you said, in the last few minutes, took the game by the scruff of the neck and really turned it around, starting with that uh, inventive kickoff, the dribble kickoff and, and recollect. Um, and by the way, I think it says a lot about how Razor Robinson coaches that team that he's given him the liberty to be creative. You know, he's given a young first five the freedom to make those kind of decisions and, and, and to be a playmaker. And the second thing, and this is the really interesting part, is I've always had this concern about Moranga, and it was shown against England, in that all of his performances in the last sort of three, four years with Crusaders, with the Crusaders, have been beside, behind a winning pack. So he's always getting the ball onto the, on the front foot. He's always coming onto good ball. And what would he do? Would he be able to control the game when his forwards were being held or when they were maybe on the back foot? And in, funny enough, even though they lost this game, um, what I saw was the first signs for me of Moanga being able to control the game when his forwards weren't always in control. And there were certain times where the Hurricanes had, at various stages, had the Crusaders pack under pressure. And there were certain times because of his athleticism that uh, Adi Savia was coming off the back and was running at him. And, and he was driving the, the Hurricanes back. And when the ball was turned over, he was able to turn it around and convert pressure and move them down the field. And it's the first time that I've, I've looked and I thought, yeah, I can see something here. I can see that shift into the next level, that if the All Blacks come up against a pack that is putting them under pressure, that he can convert uh, pressure inside his own half and control the game and get his team out of there, even if the ball is not on the front floor. The, yeah, yeah, I think I think he has really stepped up, um, and yeah, shown that yeah, he's is that's uh, this 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 season, uh, and yeah, is is making a good case of being that first choice All Blacks um, number ten, not just the replacement because David McKenzie uh, isn't there and Burton Barrett has to move to move to fifteen. Um, now we're going to go through this next game very quickly because there isn't because um, perhaps even because there really isn't much um, uh, to talk Time about. Time well, there isn't much time left either. Um, Force Brumbies. Brumbies, two quick tries early in the game. One off a of set move off, of, off a scrum. The other one was a turnover score. Defended for the rest of it. The Force couldn't break them down. A couple of scores in the second half. Defended lots more. Um, the Force just couldn't break them down. Finished 0-24. Well done, Brumbies. You're rolling on. Um, and the Force, yeah, lots of effort. Lots of, um, lots of trying. But um, absolutely zero reward um, for that. Uh, and look, at least they should have kicked a penalty when they had the opportunity rather than just going for the corner all the time, even when there was over an hour left of play. Um, anything I've missed there, boys, or have I managed to sum up the whole game? Summed up the whole game. Basically, the scoreline doesn't indicate how even the contest was. That's about it. But the force just couldn't score. Yep. Rumbies um, look good for 10 minutes. Uh, Tom Wright is fantastic if he gets space. And maybe Australia have another good fire half in Bailey Kunzel, maybe? Is he the guy that looks like George Gregan? No, he's the guy that looks no. like he's a mountain. 
He's, he's oh, okay. tall. He's like Jordy Barrett. Um, oh. All right. Yeah, plays at 10. Um, 20, 20, yeah, 22 turnovers by the force. Um, and yeah. Um, Four zero. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, 0 24 um, for the uh, actual score. So um, yeah, they gave they gave up more points than they did turnovers, which is which is perhaps a good sign. You should you should do that, um, but it shouldn't be that close. Um, the but the I mean, look, Super Obiatura has been has been has definitely been delivering. Um, thank you, Alex, um, for your super chat there. For those of you on YouTube, uh, you can uh, give, you can give us um, uh, you can uh, super chat or super stickers um, to help support this independent um, sports station. Um, and he's quite right. Um, every single, uh, every single game in the Super Rugby Atura has been has been by really small margins, um, and the games have been going right to the end. Even though it has blown out, it's only blown out in the last five or ten minutes. With uh, I think of like the first Hurricanes um, Crusaders game, for example, but all the others have been close. Um, I mean, that was still close with with like sixty minutes to go. How can, how can every game be by small margins? But when it was blown out, it was only in the last. <laughs> Enough. This is this this the details details. Um, Don't mock my Highlanders. The <laughs> <laughs> Blues Chiefs. Point point of difference here, gentlemen. I actually have felt up until this weekend disappointed with a lot of the rugby that that has happened in Super Rugby Aotearoa, and I have felt that that we have had a praise singing thing coming at us from the Sky Sports commentators. And this weekend is one of the, I don't want to say only weekends because there's been seven of them now, but most weekends, both games were not great games. Last weekend, the second game was a, was a exciting game because the Chiefs managed to butcher it. But in the first game, there were four uh, more tries from lineups, two on each side. Of the of the tries that were scored in the second game, there were either three mauling uh, tries from Lighthouse, or there were four as well. So huge proportions of the games, like watching Northern Transvaal or the Blue Bulls play last weekend, and and with some standout performers like Nani Lamapi aside, a lot of times I've been disappointed with the rugby. Even the very skillful rugby that teams like say the Chiefs might have played might have been pointless and that they're not they're a lot of skillful offloads and passing and beautiful patterns but no penetration. Um, so there were times up until this last weekend where I thought a lot of the rugby was being lauded by the scouts. Well, it's so fantastic. It's great to watch rugby after not having any sport for months and months. But it hasn't been that great that we should all go, oh, this is incredible games, right? Um, some of these games have been typed simply. <laughs> See that good looking, Steve. Some of the games, and I do have a very soft spot for the Landers, um, but some of these games have only been tight because the Chiefs have somehow managed to butcher it. I mean, all of these games that the Chiefs have managed to lose at the death have been through not controlling the game properly. Yeah, sure. I, okay. Not, not, look, we're not going to have champagne rugby every single game, but they have been tight, they have been close, which makes them exciting, even if it hasn't been the best quality of rugby the whole time. I mean, for example. Now, it- Lineouts really have been a mess in um, Super Rugby Row, for example. They haven't been working. What were you going to say, Ashley? No, I was, I was just going to say, but um, basically the key thing is it's the um, intensity. 
and intensity is is up there. That's 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 what makes a game exciting is the intensity. It's not necessarily the skills. It's not necessarily the offloads. When you look at um, opposition sporting codes, it's it's not necessarily the fact that they're um, got these fantastic offloads that are happening. It's the fact that the intensity of the sporting occasion is up there, and that's what you've got in every single game. Is that the hits are big. The um the the impacts the tackles some of the tackles that are going in in this competition at the moment they're fantastic they're massive it's offer today again smashing a little halfback again and it's just like you know that's the thing so it's not about the fact that you can do a offload out the back of the hand while you're getting tackled by three guys it's about the fact that there's the intensity in the game and, and the big hits and that sort of thing as well. So well, that's it's what, not. That's what that, what disappointed me is sometimes I was watching games and the, and the Crusaders would have an intensity here and the team that they were playing against would seem to be there. And what happened this week is very much the Hurricanes matched them for that level. Oh, well, but that's that's where Paul was talking about. But that's where Paul was talking about the fact that they blow out in the last say um, last 10, 15, 20 minutes. And that's the fact is that even with the games that the Crusaders, the only games that are blown out have involved the Crusaders and um, they've been in their last 20 minutes. Up until then, it has, it has been um, basically the opposition bringing it um, and they haven't br- brought it for the 80. And that's what the Canes did this weekend. And that's how the Crusaders play their game, isn't it? They they grind yep. their teams down over an hour or 50, 60 yep. minutes. They play a, a slow game. They they you control gotta... the game. They control the way it's the pace it's played at. And then when they, like we talked about Moaga, when it's time to go, they go. And we've seen it, the, the Blues. That was a perfect example. That game was nice and close and tight. It was even. It was like, oh, could the Blues do it? Then no. <laughs> Just yeah. shut them out. And I mean, that, well, yeah, that, there's, where there's the two... difference is, the, like I say, the Hurricanes held it out. They actually stood up to that. The Blues couldn't. The Highlanders couldn't. But, but I give the it. Chiefs. But the thing was that you, when you look at it, actually the Blues were the ones that actually gave them that opportunity because they dropped that intensity. It's almost like they score. Mm-hmm. Rico scores the try, and mm-hmm. they thought, "Aha, we're in here, my boys!" And they dropped their intensity. And you gotta, you gotta keep that intensity up. And it's just like there's where Moanga kicked that ball, the the, the quick kickoff. That is. Every day of the week, and as Steve Harris would say, twice on Sundays, you have a man position there. So they dropped the ball because they weren't focused enough to basically have the man positioned in the right position for that kickoff. And Moanga picked that up and pounced on it. Mm-hmm. And following yeah. up on what you say, look, carry on. No, I was I was just going to say that, you know, these very, very high-level matches um, where they won at the highest level, and uh, sorry, uh, it's the one that comes to mind because it's very recent, but the World Cup final, sorry. Sorry, Paul. Sorry. Typical. But but the the, the the point being is that there was no let off from the box. They just relentlessly came at the English. Yeah, but, that, but John, uh, John, 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 back the truck up here. England had played their final the week before. If you can't admit yeah. to that, you know, that, that's absolutely, that's what happened. England had basically got given everything and emptied the tank the week before. And we've always talked about the World Cup is the fact is that you've got to keep bringing it. And that's and that's it. They played their game. They played their final the week before. That was over. They were never going to win that that final. They were never going to win that final. It's a bit different getting up for a Rugby World Cup final than round six of Super Rugby. Super Rugby. Absolutely. (laughs) So we're coming back to Super Rugby. um, uh, Look, I've just gone back through all the scores. Um, Apart from the Blues beating the Hurricanes by 10, 
the yeah, the Crusaders are the only team that have managed to win a game by more than a score um, in, in in all these games. So they've all been tight. They've all been exciting, uh, and, and the, yeah, the intensity um, has been there. Talking of um, uh, tight, exciting intensity, um, I, I'm just just I'm just throwing those words out there. In all honesty, um, let, <laughs> let's talk about the um, let's, let's talk about the Blues, the Chiefs uh, that happened um, today. Nick. I thought Dave McKenzie got himself involved a lot more in this game than he has done recently. Um, yeah. Putting himself in, particularly at first receiver, um, a, a lot. Uh, I, I think he'd been told, look, you need to step up. You need to get, you need your hands on the ball. Um, and we, we saw a lot more of Damien this weekend, didn't we? Yeah, look, I mean, sitting in the West End, um, basically, the only time you felt like the Blues defensive line was under threat is like, uh oh, Damien's got the ball and he's got time and space. Um, with meters to the defensive line. And it's like, uh-oh, where's he going? Where's he going? So that's basically, yeah, definitely agree. And it was it was also, he was, you know, if we go back when he's been very successful, it, it was that type of ball that he was getting in terms of time and space, just sort of like about 10, 15 meters away from the defensive line. Um, and the, the, and the, 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 the Chiefs had all the ball in that first half. Um, but their lack of confidence really showed and they just couldn't finish anything off. Um, the Blues really had two opportunities in that first half uh, and finished both of them and suddenly found themselves 14-0 14, 14 ahead, having hardly touched the ball. Something that um, Arsh and I used to talk about probably about a year, two years ago, was that um, possession was not a good, a, good, a, good, a good guide as to who was going to win the game because it's what you do with it. If you score quickly... You don't need much possession to score to score points. If you take twenty phases every time you want to score, you need lots of possession. Um, yeah, that, that that was actually that conversation was off the back of like Crusaders games where you go through and look at a Crusaders game and it's like they only had forty percent of the possession. It's like yeah, but that forty percent every time they had it, they scored a try. So that was the um, sort of I remember that conversations that we used to have. But that's uh, one thing that the Blues did today though. They went back to some old bad habits and the fact that particularly in the first half. Is as that they made errors or gave away penalties, which meant that they just didn't have the ball. And the Chiefs basically, it felt like for that first half, had the ball for the whole half. Again, off the back of penalties and mistakes by the Blues. Also, where penalties were given, right? Mm. Um, the it was something like seven three or seven two on the penalty count, or I think eight eight eight, eight three. I think at half time. Um, and one of the mentions was that. Um, the, the Highlanders hadn't given up a penalty in their own half. So Jeez. all of the all whereas, whereas the Blues were giving them up in their own half all the time. Um I didn't know how the Highlanders gave away a penalty today. <laughs> so hurricanes. Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs. Who, 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 who the Chiefs. <laughs> Just go through oh. all the teams, Paul. <laughs> There's only five, you'll get it right. <laughs> the Chiefs didn't give up any penalties in their own half. Actually, I mean, I, I have to say, after being, um, you know, even with the losses with the Crusaders and when we lost to the Canes as well, I, I wasn't, you know, I thought the refereeing was somebody, I, I'm sorry, today the refereeing uh, was below standards that have been achieved in um, Super Rugby, Aotearoa. Um, in fact, this weekend hasn't been a good good example of the refereeing today continuously in that first half in particular chiefs were coming in from the side and we've sort of we've seen how the game flows so much better when they when you keep them coming 
both sides coming from the back. But the Chiefs were coming from the side continuously and getting away with it. Last, the the, um, the Hurricanes-Crusaders game, twice there was a player in front. The, the, so the team knocks the ball on. Their own player's in front, and they ta- they play the ball, and the scrum was awarded. That's a penalty. It's offside play. And it was clear. It wasn't like it was messy and it was hard to see. It was clear. There was quite a few um, errors that were really obvious, I felt, this weekend that the referees just let themselves down from the I, I felt that you know from the standards that they've um, set in previous games. I'd agree with you. I mean, I, I think standards from the first few games have, have fallen off quite considerably. Around yep. pretty much everything that they cracked everything. down on. Uh, yep. even even the offsides that are getting pretty pink still a lot. It's still not as strict as it was. The rucks. Uh, how much time do you need at a ruck now? I mean, I like those first few weeks where it was like, ruck, bang, penalty. Away you go. Yes. See ya. Yes. It's done. Now it's like, ruck, oh, he's getting held in there. Are they going to clear it? Are they gonna, is it going to come out there? Oh, there it is. You can play it now, halfback. Yep. No, it's like, bang. It's, it's not coming out. Go on. You're, you're yeah, away. It's absolutely. A 100%. Like and that's what was – and today's, today's game was in that ruck. The ruck area was actually a mess. And um, it, was, I, it felt like the players were actually getting to the point of frustration. A 9-3 penalty account, I think, as Paul alluded to at halftime, it was absolute BS. And, you know, you could see clearly this is like, oh, my God, you're actually making – oh, I'm sorry. I just got frustrated at the game today with some of the penalty calls that Pickerel was making. He was, he was absolutely woeful today. You know, I was talking about referee. Your blue underpants are showing, No, nah, mate, as I said, I, I didn't have a problem against the Crusaders and Canes. It's just like, I I mean, you get 50-50 calls, that's fine. Today, it was not It was not, It was was not. not a good it level. Just, it has let it themselves down. That's it. But the biggest mistake that was made by the ref today was not awarding, at the very least, a penalty on the halfway after Alamola, 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 yeah, but there's rules that, around that. There's a law around that. There isn't a law around falling over and accidentally play part of the game getting injured. No, mate. I think if the roles were reversed, you'd be screaming blue murders. Excuse the pun. No. But that's I mean that is that that is a that's the very reason why that rule is in place is because of around the ear in the ear. Yeah, no, but the rule that you can't tackle a player on the ground. But he didn't tackle him, John. He fell over and landed on him. Watch it again. I did. Watch it again. I, I did because we thought, ooh, when we were at the ground, ooh. It's just like, and we asked the question, do you think Caleb Clark's going to be in trouble after the game? We had the discussion there. So it's like, when well, you I look mean, at it, he's actually fallen over. He's clumsy. He's clumsy. He's fallen over. But that's, you know, that's part of the game. If that you, happens all the time. If you run and you take, and you're clumsy and you take somebody out of the air, you still. Again, there's rules around, there's laws on the game around the. What we're seeing here is the, is, 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 is the, what the outcome of what happened is leading the discussion rather than what actually happened. If, if no, look, the fact that he went off injured, I understand where you're coming from, John. I understand your argument, but I'm saying that that happened. That the, the players, when we, especially when you're going for tries, um, players uh, diving for someone no. like that, you find people tri- tripping up and landing on people around rucks all the time. What to me, my discussion is I have a son who's playing next weekend. 
That's what leads my discussion. And if he scores a try and the ball is down and he's over the ball and then he gets it, not in the act of scoring that somebody's diving to try and prevent it, but he's scored, he's over it, and then he's lying on the ground and he gets hit. The function, the number one function of the rules is, is to protect the players. So I'm not... I'm not okay, so when your son's playing next week and he gets hit in the ribs with a good shot and he breaks a rib, oh my God, because we want to protect your son, we'll have a law around that. Okay, Sonny Bill Williams got a red card against the Lions. It didn't save the guy he hit. It saved every other player the next weekend all the way around the world. Didn't, came didn't, show, right. didn't save Waisaki in a holo. Okay, guys, guys, guys. We've discussed this long enough, Paul Bluntly. Um, we've not got any more Australian rugby to talk about. We do have other things oh, as part of this game to talk about. I'm so bummed. Oh, no. Oh. And then we'll talk about a positive about the referee. Okay, a positive. Get rid of your negative knees to the um, rubbish. <laughs> the positive was that Alamalo almost scored that try off one of those ridiculous sideline slap-ins uh, from a penalty kick. And I almost sat there and I laughed. I laughed and I willed him to score that try because I would have been overly so satisfied if he had scored that try now, on that stupid that, that's a law. That's a law that needs, that's the law that needs to change. Well, in fact, I, mean, I don't even know what the ruling is, tell you the truth the rule, on there, what they, the they law said is. It. They said it on the TV. They said if yep. if they leave from the field or they enter the field while yep. it's getting the ball, it's okay. So pretty much <laughs> you can take it wherever the hell you like. Go sit in the stand, <laughs> jump up and volleyball it back into the as, field of play. As, yeah, as, as long as you don't take off and land out of play, it's okay. Yeah. Now, what that showed was, again, was the Blues falling asleep, right? Yep. You had one person out on the wing, you had um, the uh, scrum half nearby, and all the, rest of the, all, all the rest of the squad huddled up going, what are we going to do at the line-out? Rather than, how are we defending this penalty? Yep. And therefore, Talia was left all on his own. He did what he should do, which is keep the ball in, if you can. Yep. But the rest, of, the rest of his teammates all left him down, let, let, let him yep. down by not being there. Um, which again, as you say, Ashwin, about this, yeah, Blues falling into old habits. This is um, yep. We saw that there again. In that situation, and then it's like it's it's biting them, biting can bite them in the bum. Lucky they got lucky today, it didn't. Yep, Uh, I see. Actually, the the, the Chiefs absolutely butchered an opportunity, um, under advantage towards the end. Um, and then Harry Plummer did exactly the right thing, he laid all over the ball, not letting it out underneath, underneath his posts. Because if that ball had come out, it would have been a try. So he did the right thing to 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 to, uh, to to seal it in, take the yellow card. Um, He's going to be offered a contract at the Crusaders next season. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he did the absolute Crusaders thing without a shadow of a doubt. And to answer your question of why they pulled Aaron Smith, they left Brad uh, Weber on to the very end. And the reason that that big number eight, Virginia number eight, didn't score is that pass was up here. Wasn't Webber Aaron, on at the Aaron, end? Where did Aaron Smith come from? No, okay, what, he's, he's, what he's trying to say is that so, yeah, the, the, the fatigue the very fine points of, of aerobic capacity is that at, right at the death, when Weber passed, that big number eight had to do this. He had to take it up here, and he was coming at full speed. If he took the pass here, he was in. And that, doing this, bring it down, and they stopped him, they saved the game. 
And that's the reason, as brilliant as Aaron Smith right. is, the more I watch him, the more I think, I, I, I think he's just incredible. But that's the reason why they're Yeah, I, the only reason I bring up Aaron Smith not being, you know, I get surprised when the um, Highlanders coach sort of like hook him is the fact is that, but uh, even uh, an Aaron Smith at 75%, still better than a Kane Hamilton at 100%. That's, that's oh, the I thing. Think for the All Blacks. I thought when they were oh, no, 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 not at All Black level. I understand at All Black level, you, know, you got a TJ yeah, coming on or uh, or it was somebody else, then that's all good. But yeah, you see what Aaron is saying here? <laughs> <laughs> of course not, Aaron. Of course not. Um, yeah, it does drive you. I, I get nocturnal rights point here that the, the, the plumber stuff drives uh, the, the gamesmanship. Um, but there is there is a time where yeah giving a giving away a penalty is the right thing to do from a um, from, from a professional player's point of view, uh, and um, I, I think in that case and normally you go oh you shouldn't be picking up yellow cards but in that case he did the right thing there sealing it off. Um, you'd uh, you'd normally expect one of your forwards to be making that decision because they have a better idea um, than 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 your outs than, than someone who's who's I think playing fullback at the time. But yes, there was a massive defensive stand at the end there um, by the Blues. Um, yeah, Josh Goodhue um, did. He uh, heard his, um, his team from that game. He up until that moment, he had. Uh, I was going to ask what happened to Josh Goodhue in that game because he had a terrible game up until that moment. He was on the. He came on as a replacement. replacement. Yeah, he was a replacement. He only made three tackles. Um, the, he came um, on for Kali Tuioti. Yeah, who was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great to see him back. Actually, um, I mean, it's, it's taken a few games to sort of get back into it. But you know, I, I actually you know before he got injured in that, um, I, I think Kali Tuioti. He's, he's actually he, he compliments Patty quite well. Mm. Patty with that sort of real brawn, take the ball up and get involved. Even Patty does the odd offload, but that's his game. And then you've got Kali Tuioti, who's got those nice little touches to his game, which he brings in. He's a little bit more of an athletic sort of player, isn't he? Yeah. Than than Tui Pilotu was a just a, a big uh, muscle ball. Yeah, yeah. 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 Whereas Kelly Toyati does bring that finesse to the game. No, we're talking about Josh Goodhue here. Oh, yes. sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> back to, he's gone back to Saturday night. He's gone back to Still Saturday night. Still Crusaders. Come on. I'm mixing, I'm mixing up my Goodhue here. It's like it's like I've got two different cocktails. I've mixed them up. Sorry. My yeah. It was his brother that had a terrible game, but yes. Jack yes. Goodhue. Yes, Jack Goodhue didn't have a great game. Yes, you're quite right. Um, <laughs> do you think, so actually, I mean, like, I'll put the question out there because I don't know the answer to this, tell you the truth, but do you think the Chiefs would be happy with their performance? I mean, apart from, you know, a, another loss, which obviously is hard to take, but do you think that they're actually happy with their performance tonight? They were no. better. They were better. Um, you can't... Uh, you can't have the amount of possession and territory they had in that first half and not come away with points, right? To dominate that first half uh, and to only have seven points from it um, really is uh, is doesn't matter how good a team is defending. If you if, you, if you're camped that long in the opposition twenty-two, you, you should you need to be coming away with points. Uh, so I don't think they'll be happy about that. Um, and to give up um, points so quickly. Um, to the Blues, they 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 didn't they didn't start switched on. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm also sort of thinking that sort of um, some of the coach the selections are a bit baffling. I mean, across across some of the other squads as well. But 
I, I don't understand what Gatlin's trying to achieve with starting with Trask and bringing on Cruden at half time. What are you trying to achieve there? I mean, if you're looking that, okay, so Cruden's not going to be ne- there next year and you're trying to give Trask game time, you give him the full 80 or, you know, 60, sort of 60, 70. What's the point in doing half and half? You're either trying to win the game, in which case you start with Cruden, or you're looking at the season's gone. We're going to give Trask as much game time to get into position as we can. Yeah, no, no, that. <laughs> but you know, um, that's. Uh, I also thought Nankville had a poor game um, as well, um, with, uh, with 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 ball in hand. I didn't. I wasn't. Wasn't so. I didn't, I didn't think he had a great game. Um, the um, and also making that um, that Cruden call, and actually not having wing, not having wing cover on the bench, is a bit poor. Normally, if you do that, you've got a fullback who you can move to the wing. Back three. Right? But um, but by having uh, Quintapire there, yeah, I think that was um, again. I like Quintapire. He's a player that I want to see more of. Um, but um, I wasn't sure he was the right person to have on the bench. And See, it's interesting you men- you're mentioning Nank. It's interesting you're mentioning Nankerville and the fact that you know he had a poor game. But I mean, he's a good player, and he's had last against the Highlanders. He actually didn't have a bad game. But again, it's just like, are you looking towards next year? And you're looking because you know that you're not going to win the competition. So why wouldn't you stick with the Quintapire if you're sort of thinking he's our future and putting him mm-hmm. in with Leonard Brown? And letting them to start to get game time at that level because it's a fantastic level of um, game that they're actually getting involved in and to, to build that experience. Because they don't want to play two thirteens. Anton Edward Brown is a different player at thirteen to twelve. He he's transformed. He's been invisible. If you put a number twelve at on 12. his back, he's right. invisible. He's those first few weeks of the competition, he was he might as well not been there, really. He was far below his, his best. He's been I, I think last two weeks, he's been probably their best player after being a player that you continue watch and go, what's he doing? He's <laughs> he not having an impact. <laughs> and now, now he's actually getting in there. He's, he's, he's defensively really, really sound. He's getting on the outsides and taking out those wingers who are cutting back in. Um, really good there. And I think his game at 13 complements McKenzie's attacking running game from the back because he's got confidence in guys that are outside him or sitting outside a, uh, a Leonard Brown as opposed to sitting outside of Tapia. I think they, they have to keep him at 13. Any any coach that's watched that game that probably understands you know, what's going on has to see the impact he's making and have to keep him there. And and the flip side is for the Blues as well. Fayani, what a, what a difference he makes in that Blues back line. Plummer, oh God. And, and then that bench, the Blues bench, Black and Plummer on the bench as well. And and you've still got Barrett on there. Uh, it's it's weird. The blue blues are weird. Leon McDonald, not a great player, not a great coach. I I I can't I, I he's 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 been he's done the best of the coaches that we've had for a long time, so we'll have to keep him on for a bit longer. <laughs> I mean, I look at Aaron's com, uh, comment there about who's playing thirteen for the All Blacks. I mean, if you're gonna go with it, it'd be good Hugh at twelve and, and Antonina Brown at thirteen. It's like that would be my 12 13 from the way you played this season. Yeah, Jack Goodhue had it, like John said, an average game this week. But typically, um, defensively, that would be a very, very sound midfield combination. Uh, and the way Goodhue can offload in the tackle as well, keep the ball alive. Then you've got those outside backs who run onto those. I mean, it's a very dangerous combination. I mean, I don't see much else um, that's probably going to upset that, you know, like Brad Nino, I don't think, at that level in the centers. 
Yeah, Rico. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Rico's the thing with Rico is he's got to spend time in that position because, like, exactly. he hasn't played there since schoolboy rugby, and it's like it's a, it's it's a very it's a very um it's, it's there's a lot of responsibility in that position of what you're doing, isn't it? So you got to learn that role. Then you can pop our Lama up on the bench, like the comments says there, and Alex as well coming on. He could cover the the well, not really the wings, but you know he does sit out there already. So. It's it's good depth. I mean, no one's going to come from the Highlanders, are they? They don't like Tompkinson and Thompson. Why not? <laughs> Go on, John. Oh, Live long and prosper. Neither of you yet would select Lamarpe. Not starting. Oh, no. I would. I would. Depending, I'd. I'd say horses for courses for Lamarpe. Um, I would definitely select him in a starting fifteen, depending on who the opposition was. I don't think he starts in a good year, and I think he's too. Uh, he's he's too single position, one dimensional. One dimensional. He's, he's a twelve and a twelve, and that's all he is. Uh, he's a very very good twelve. Don't get me wrong, but you don't, you don't really see him playing anywhere else. But I don't think you can play that mappy on the bench. He played on the he's wing been, last week. He's <laughs> been the best. I'm trying to think of who has outperformed him in the tournament so far. Well, good look. Good Hugh's got runs in the bank, right? From no, uh, any position. One to fifteen in any team in the top. Oh. To me, oh, was Lamarpe two weeks ago? Gone before that Blues game. He was pretty. He, he was Epson. just trudging along. Yep. Now, yep. And now he's gone again. I think. He, <laughs> I think he's been. Uh, how, inno- how innocuous was that um, contact to his forearm, to the elbow? I think of of the Crusaders player, and he's got a broken arm out of it. Is it? Is it? It's a broken. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I did hear that today. Whether it's correct or not, I don't know. I mean, it was on like a radio sort of thing. Whether you know, yeah. it's, it's unusual for radio to get things wrong, isn't it? There, like, there's, there's commercial been radio, reports, that is. There's been reports of him having a broken arm, and there've also been reports of him having a broken wrist as well. Right. Um, Ouch. <laughs> we we're, were joking about that in the West End. It's just like oh, I'm okay. It's just a stinger. My arm's okay. <laughs> 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 the um. Uh, so yeah, I mean, on, on that note, it does sound like Sam Keynes was just a stinger, which is good news. Yep, um, that's when we we're talking about it. Yep, mm. because, is it um, though? Is it what? Good news. It's good news. He's not got a bit a bigger injury. Yes, he doesn't want them. We've moved on. Playing for the All Blacks. Cornflakes. We've moved on. Marino Macelli too. Um, well, good news. So Aaron and Dylan Hunt will be at twelve. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Someone would get the hint. Josh Dixon. <laughs> Barry Parkinson. The, the only other player that challenges uh, Lamarpe for me in this tournament so far has been Frizzell. He's the other standout to me. Frizzell. Frizzell. But he's a six. Yeah. Awesome. No, no, he's <laughs> Richard Mwang has been playing very well. Aaron Smith has been playing well. I mean, there, there have been a number of players who have been playing very well. I, I don't think Lamappi's been head and shoulders above them. No, no, as, as Cornflake said, it's so like he basically it was last week was where he sort of like put in a um a, 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 a um effort for the yeah. eighty minutes and um and he was doing yeah. that sort of again against the Crusaders. wasn't as dominating as against he he did it had against the Blues, um but he was still having quite a big impact until he had to go off. It's a very different style of game against the Blues than he did against, than against yep. the Crusaders as well. Um, yep. Right, folks. Thank you very much for joining me. We have um, overrun as we do on a Sunday evening because it's just so much fun arguing. 
Um, the, um... <laughs> With people who are wrong. Absolutely. We're all, we're all wrong. Um, Africans don't learn. <laughs> You're never wrong if you don't admit it. <laughs> thank you, everybody, who has um, uh, for, for joining us. It's been a great live chat this evening. Um, particular thank you to Alex, um, who, gave, who put in the super chat there. Um, so thank you for that, Alex. Um, and uh, uh, do join us tomorrow evening at 8 p.m. for the Driving More Show, where we'll be talking about club rugby. We've got representatives from North Harbour uh, clubs and also from Auckland clubs as well. Uh, and we may even have a, uh, a little report in from the Waikato Club competition um, as well. We'll also have a quick chat about the um, All Blacks potentially playing a Pacific 15. Uh, and we might talk about some Super Rugby as well. But, uh, yep, um, we will not be talking about uh, Super Rugby action because we've done all that tonight over the past oh. hour and a quarter. Um, so um, thank you, everybody. Uh, and uh, don't forget, you can listen to the to New Zealand Sports Radio on the go as well. Just download the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all those favourite ones. Thank you, Arshin. Thank you, John. Thank you, Cornflake. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.